I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that surrounds it. Like Disney. Like vacation. Hmm. What we did was not a vacation. Family vacation is different than actual vacation. Okay, yeah. And even number three child pointed that out. Yes. As we were going back to the hotel one evening between doingses, or maybe we were sitting somewhere eating some food or something, and I said something along the lines of, you know, we keep asking you guys what you want to do because this trip is for you. This is not for our enjoyment. It's for your enjoyment. We are not enjoying that. I mean, wait, let me fix that. And they made a face at me, of course. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I mean, we do get some enjoyment out of this, but that is not the purpose of the thing. The thing is for you guys to enjoy it and to have these memories of having enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And they looked at me and goes, yeah, isn't that why you guys take vacations on your own? <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. You have been paying attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that sort of sums up the whole week. Mm-hmm. We are not here for our own enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> the days before we left, mm-hmm. number three had sleepovers with friends because mm-hmm. it was going to be Pride. And then they wanted to have all of their friends go with them to Pride. And some of them don't have supportive families. So sleeping over at my house and then I drive them all to Pride was going to be the thing. But then there was weather. And so there wasn't the thing. I mean, Pride still happened, but we avoided the weather and did not go. Yes. The circumstances were difficult weather-wise. Yeah, but that meant then that their sleep schedule was all off. Getting packed the night before was supposed to have happened the whole day before, but... They tend to procrastinate. Teenager does what now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why you packed for number two. Like, you didn't even bother letting him. Number two is not functional enough to remember what he's doing when he's in the middle of doing it. So, no, I could not let him pack because he'd forget everything. He likes to think that certain things are cool or neat or I don't know what what the aspect is that he likes, but some of these things are not like tailored to the weather. He'll just be thinking about, and this is a problem well, that some teenagers This have. is a problem with both of our teenagers because the other child, number three, tends to wear a sweatshirt when it's 90 something out and then a crop top when it's 30. And they've explained that to me that they come in from the heat and our house feels cold because you keep the thermostat at like 70 most of the summer and they're like, ah, cold. And so they put a hoodie on, but I only half believe them. I don't believe them at all because I saw them on our trip and they both insisted on wearing black clothes. I understand they're in the black face, black jeans and long sleeve shirts outside all day long and then complained that they were uncomfortable. Yeah. Teenagers. Yes. So they're either wearing that or the other day that we finally talked them into wearing shorts. I wasn't sure that number three actually had shorts on. Like it's the style of... They were very short shorts. Females that age to be wearing shirts that are longer than the shorts. And I see all of them reaching behind them to check where their shirt is because they could probably feel their ass hanging out because it is. So. Okay, Grandpa. Do you want me to find you some clouds to yell at? I'm just saying what happened. It's true. It It is is true. true. It is true. So, yes, uh, number three packed for themselves and was aware of the weather and planned just as well for that weather as they would have for the weather here. Number two would not have, and so you did pack for them. 
I did, but I asked him, do you want these clothes? And he wanted all of his jeans, which are all black, Mm -hmm. and all of his sweaters, which are long sleeve. And so then I put some t-shirts and some shorts in there because I thought, well, that's just not practical. And you might actually decide that you're hot enough to put on your shorts that you have, Mm -hmm. which he eventually did. Yeah, which we kind of saw coming. You know, I mean, we we planned this knowing that teenagers were going to be irrational and teenagerly. Yes, which is often rather toddler-like. What we didn't plan for was we didn't know that Zero Child would have wanted to go with us. And that was something that happened before we left, mm-hmm. is we found that out. They were they were upset and finally said they felt left out. And I was really surprised because I had no idea because you and I were so busy coping with, oh my gosh, we have to take these kids somewhere, and knowing the reality of what it was going to be like. And they weren't thinking about any of that. They were just thinking, family vacation, except me. Yeah. And also, they had been changing jobs quite a bit and getting ready to start school again. And so, I I didn't talk to them about the vacation I wasn't sure I wanted to be on. So, I didn't know that they had any interest in it. And so, now I know that they would like to go on these trips. And I don't know if they'll still like it once they go on one. But Hey. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I get the sense that if they had gone, they would have been even more frustrated than you or I with their brother. They were frustrated with the stories we've brought back. So, so like remembering them about ready to catch a charge when their brother was yelling at you that one day and threatening you and they were ready to get themselves arrested in retribution. I'm thinking, no, this probably would not have worked out well. Yeah, well, he wasn't aggressive towards me uh, on the trip. He, he was that day and, you know, Zero Child got riled up over that. And often, especially lately, Zero Child has been trying to talk some sense into him you know, into number two. And sometimes succeeds when the kid is calmer and, you know, Zero will say, well, you know, dad is trying to do this for you, or you are speaking to dad impolitely, or, you know, whatever they're doing. And they seem to take that feedback, not that it's changing anything. But, you know, it might take a lot of feedback to change things, if it's possible to change things. Yes, I'm terribly hopeful, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I think they just can't believe the amount of, like, they, they've they heard the stories. Okay, we can't get them, all, you know, one of them off of their phone, as you said. Well, they kept having friend drama, and they're kind of the mom friend of their group, and so they always get in the middle of the drama and help people sort things out. And eventually you said, and I echoed, that their friends are not invited on our vacation. <laughs> yes, and they don't usually appreciate most things I say, so that's just the way it works. But yeah, trying to get them off of their phone and moving towards the door and towards the things the rest of us were ready to do. And I understand to some extent, like I wake up and one of the first things I do when I wake up is check my phone. But when they're already an hour behind and they wake up and check their phone when they should be getting dressed and ready to leave and checking their phone in the elevator, Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard not to be like, no, put the phone down. Yeah. Yeah, it's not fair to make everybody else wait. It's not, but... Well, and then the other one. 
he didn't he didn't like anything really. I mean, he liked a couple of the rides while he was on them, but the rest of it he didn't like because he didn't want to wait in the lines. And we couldn't understand why he didn't just stand there and look at his phone like everybody else in the line. Yeah. You know, all the other kids and some of them were playing games and stuff like that on their phones with yeah. each other, interactive games. Yes. And some of them were just playing on their phones. And usually he just plays on his phone and we get in line for something and we're going to be there at least half an hour. Yeah. These lines are really long. And I think he lost his wireless headphones somewhere. He lost my wireless headphones. Fucklehead. (laughs) Um, I knew he would. But he lost them fairly early. And so like the rest of the time, he doesn't actually play on his phone very much anymore. He mostly just watches videos. Playing requires engagement and cognitive effort. Mm -hmm. And that has not been his jam lately. He just wants to watch things, especially like on TikTok, where it just goes to the next thing and goes to the like swipe, 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 swipe. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know. Well, he had some wired headphones he could use. But half the time he didn't even remember to bring it. The phone or the... The phone. Oh, yeah. It was strange to me because it was as hard as we thought it would be. And I often wonder what we're doing wrong. You know, I don't know what we're doing wrong or if there is something that we're doing wrong because I've heard similar concerns and complaints from other people who have also brought surly teenagers to the happiest place on earth. Mm-hmm. And it's like immovable object meet irresistible force. Mm-hmm. There's no good outcome there. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just our kids. It's just this is for each of these children at their current developmental stages, their engagement with the experience was entirely developmentally appropriate, even if it was frustrating. And even if you and I, as parents and as people who work with youth professionally, recognize that sometimes developmental stages need to be coached and require adjustment so that they can develop out of them into the next stage. Yeah. So. Well, we we worked with that as best we could. And there were some semi-toddler meltdowns of various sorts. Oh, yeah. Number three child got mad because we weren't listening to them. But they tend not to speak loud enough for anybody to hear what they're saying, even if we're facing them. So. Yes. And and it's a loud place. Then my hearing impairment. And they seem to have absolutely no idea that I had a hearing impairment, which I'm not entirely certain that's accurate, but that was their excuse. I think it's uh, somewhat accurate in that teenagers don't pay attention to us or what we're, you know, reality or anything like that. So if they did know it at some point, they forgot. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Because it's not about them. So it's not. Yeah. Your hearing impairment was then about them. Because you weren't listening. I wasn't listening. And then they were being snotty about it. And I said, if you're being snotty about my hearing impairment, then you're being ableist and you need to check yourself. Mm -hmm. And they got super butthurt and went into the bathroom and texted me. Right. (laughs) And they're texting me from the bathroom. And in all fairness, they were trying to be as good as their developmental capabilities allowed. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, I don't want to have this conversation face to face because I know that I am emotionally riled up and that my tone will not come off as respectful as I am trying to be. Mm-hmm. And so can we talk this out via text? Right. From the bathroom. From the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, well, well the oh. other one is standing outside the bathroom 
melting down because he wants to go swimming and he doesn't want to be there anymore. This is the first day, like first half a day. Four hours. Yeah. He was all done. He wanted to go swimming. And that's the other thing was like, if all you wanted to do was go swimming and watch YouTube, we would not have brought you halfway across the country to watch YouTube and go swimming. Right. You can do that at home. Yes. We brought you here to do the things that are here. So we were able to work that out and get them settled down and do a few more things. And then our plan was to take a break and possibly go swimming in the middle of the day because it would, you know, be a good time. It's nice and hot out and it's a little hot for standing outside and right. so forth. But we had to let things settle down after the meltdowns before we could go do that. And yeah. And even if it's it's like that thing where you're about to give your kid a reward, but then they start being snotty to try and get the thing that was going to be the reward. And then you can't can't give it to them because you don't want them to have that reward right after having been snotty for it. Yeah, we had to wait a bit. So we can't go swimming just yet. Sorry. Right. I was surprised then we we went back and he he did go swimming by himself, Mm -hmm. which... He thought that his sister was going to come join him. But he, I knew he'd just start talking to some other kids down there and he did. Mm -hmm. So that was fine. And that one, the other one fell asleep anyway. Mm -hmm. They took naps every day. Mm-hmm. They would come home or come back to the hotel and they would curl up and I'd say, so are you going to go swimming with your brother? Or so are you going to come get a snack with me? Or so did you want to come look at the gift shop with me? And they would always say yes. And they would always be asleep five minutes later. Yes. And you would say at night, you would say, are you going to lay in your bed? Because it was a fold out couch. Mm-hmm. Or should I fold that back up? And they'd say they were going to lay in it and then they wouldn't. They did the first night. The first night they slept on the fold-out couch bed thing. The rest of the time it was a chip holder. (laughs) It was a dinner table. It was an overnight snacks table. Yes. It was funny. And, and, you know, headphones and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And I'm not even going to fight that battle. That's just kids being ridiculous kids, and I expect that. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, that was a whole lot of not having structure and not having familiarity to guide their decision making. And then... Well, we talked to them about that at the midway point of the first day with the first meltdowns of, hey, this this is going a little rough. Let's sort this out. And then we did sort out like a plan. Let's have a plan. Yeah. And we talked out, you know, like, hey, number three child, here's the things you can do to adapt to my hearing impairment to make sure that I can hear you and that I understand you and can appropriately value what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And we talked to number three and said, I don't remember what you said to him about like managing or... I have no idea either because it's been some days and they were all... There were a lot of things that were said to try Um, and help manage. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, he he didn't uh, make it to the third day. He said he didn't feel good on the third day. And he did seem to feel fine, but emotionally, I guess he was done. And so he actually stayed at the hotel. I didn't let him have access to his phone, you know, to do whatever nonsense he would do on there. Right. Uh, until afternoon, after we had checked on him and said, okay, you want to come with us now? And he still didn't want to. And in the evening, he still didn't want to. No. And I said to him in the evening before we went back with number three child, I said, hey, look, are you good with staying in the bed all day like this and then all night? Because when we come back, it's going to be bedtime. And tomorrow, we're going to be in the car all day. And he said, we are. <laughs> and he said it was fine. And then he stayed there. Mm-hmm. And, and also in the morning... When I was texting with them, and I finally gave him his phone after lunch, 
um, access to his phone. He said his friend that he, one of his friends he hangs out with that lives right near us was at Disneyland with his family and another friend. And I said, too bad you aren't. Right? Well, and that phone access thing that he was finally able to contact them, he wasn't supposed to have been contacting them. But I think part of the reason that he was having such a hard time was that he had been up late because we thought we had turned his phone off. Right. Something in the settings, a thing that only reminds them of time limits, and then there's a thing that actually shuts the phone off. And somehow, actually getting this phone shut off didn't wasn't set, which I don't know even know how long it was like that. Probably a while, because the night before I had taken the phone from him. Right. He was saying he wanted to go to bed, and then I saw him under the covers with the light of the phone. Mm-hmm. And I went over there and said, hey, not That's time not for what phone. we're doing right now. Give me your phone so I can charge it and took right. it away. And, and um, so he, he had stayed up late before that third day. But I don't think that was all of it. I, th- I think he was in part tired and in part emotionally overdone from not having enough structure. I think that's a big part of it because like there are a lot of times where I compare their reactions to juvenile versions of our reactions. Like When you and I were standing in a line and you were like, I don't know how I feel about this. And I said, I know exactly how I feel about it. I feel overdone. That's why I just retreated into my phone for a few minutes. And you were like, good, good for you. Mm -hmm. Because you and I have developed the skill of moderating that cognitive retreat. Mm -hmm. The children have not. Well, and I I think that's why number three ended up in the drama, but he couldn't seem to do that while he was out. Well, and that's the thing, you know, like sometimes with number three, there are times where I try to give a little more grace because I understand what it's like to need to hit the reset button in my brain and it's going to take a minute to get there. And while it gets there, it helps me if I have something else to engage with. That's you. I'm not buying that with number three. Number three is inconsiderate. That is true also. That's the other thing. That's what I was about to say. There's two signs to this coin mm -hmm. where understanding and respecting that need needs to be balanced with learning how to engage and remediate that need appropriately without causing discomfort, unhappiness, challenges to the people who who have to deal with your ass are dealing with you. Yes. And that's a thing that teenagers just need to learn. They do. And so, you know, I I struggle with that balance. And it was the same thing with number two when he's like, I think I just need to spend the day just swimming and staying in the hotel and and watching my screen. And you said, no swimming. If you're not going to come with us, then you don't get to go do anything else. Well, because he was saying he was sick. Right. And I'm saying you're you're not going to the pool if If you're you're sick. sick. Right. And so at that point, I think that was the perfect blend of... You can meet your own emotional need for retreat mm-hmm. and for self-stimulation, mm-hmm. but only within these certain defined parameters. Well, and that's also what I tried to tell number three child when they were on their phone and we were all ready to leave. And we had been saying for a while, we were going to be ready to leave by this time. Mm-hmm. And, and they kept saying they would be. And I said, no, no, no. I want you to put the phone down now because you are not on everybody else's timeline. And you are making us wait. And you may go back to your phone as soon as you can get on the timeline that everybody else is already on. 
And that's their struggle is with being able to prioritize doing the things that make everyone's world better in order to make their own world better Mm -hmm. over the things that only make their world better and can potentially make it worse if they don't manage their priorities appropriately. Yeah. And this was a struggle that we also had with number one. We sure did. I remember the lecture, the whole discussion, we had like two hour discussion in which I had to explain to the child the tide that rises all ships or raises or whatever it is, mm-hmm. that when you make everyone's world better, you are part of everyone. Yes. Your world will get better too. Mm-hmm. Uh, So yeah, it doesn't surprise me that they needed to have that reinforcement on the regular, but I think that was the struggle the entire time was trying to strike that balance between, I recognize that you have unique emotional needs, you have unique individual developmental challenges, and you're here with three other people who would really like to be doing things. Well, and I feel that one of the challenges that number three child ends up with has to do with their other parenting or lack thereof. And the, as far as I can tell, complete and utter lack of communication that... Yes, they've come home from their father's house more than Mm -hmm. once and had to be reminded to actually talk their communication. Yes. Actually make the words. Not point and grunt. Yes. And I think that 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 does give them this challenge because they are a social introvert and do get overwhelmed by the people, including us. Yes. And in fact, one time we had to coach them through... Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you are overpeopled and we are in people who are overpeopling you, then you would need to say, I need some alone time. Mm-hmm. And like we had to walk them through the verbiage and the tone of voice with which you would request these things from your traveling partners. Yes. You you do that. I do. Yes. You do the walking all the all the steps through for number one and number three. As a highly social autistic person, I have had more than my fair share of analyzing these experiences in other people and in myself to determine what is generally, in many cases, the most effective way to communicate certain needs. <laughs> And once we know that, like, once I heard number three say, say, there's so many people, <laughs> I was like, I gotcha. I understand this problem. Right. Oh. Otherwise, you don't know that. And you don't right. know why they're being They They need like to they be are. able to communicate these things. And that's why with number one and number three, I would always just give them the script. Mm-hmm. With number two, we can't give him the script because he won't remember it. He can't even remember how to say infectious or... or he, he gets mad that you know, you're even telling him. I know, Dad. I know. And I say, well, if you know, please show me. And he'll say, I can't. Because when I say, did you hear me? He says, I think so. And I'll say, what did I say? And he'll say, I don't know. This is how it works. And it's incredibly frustrating for him and for us. But, you know, he, he only hears he I wonder sometimes if he doesn't have auditory processing. I was disorder thinking that as part of his sensory integration. I'm disorder. gonna ask his doctor about it. I recently attended a, you know, virtual as we do these days workshop that was on auditory processing disorder. And I thought, this sounds like him. He cannot understand words or what's happening with them. He gets cadences of syllables and stresses and some of the phonemes. Mm -hmm. But there are other phonemes where he's like, what was it I said when we were getting out of the car? I said, Halla stinkin' luya. And he said, Abba stinkin' duya. He was trying to copy and he just literally could not 
replicate the sounds that he had just heard not even five seconds prior. And this is something we've had to walk him through numerous times with other words that he will need to replicate. Mm -hmm. And he can say one syllable at a time, and he can say the next syllable. And if we're lucky, he can put those together. Then he can say the following syllable, try and put the three together. We'll get success about 20% of the time. Good thing you're a teacher because I get worn out by then. (laughs) You do get worn out by then. The other thing that wore you out was all of the physical contact. Oh, yes. I'm not good at that. I mean, I think of all the parents out there who miss their children being affectionate once they get to be tweens and teenagers, and they're no longer affectionate. It's not cool to hug your parents. It's not cool to be affectionate with your parents. Yeah, they'll they'll usually accept it. Except, you know, some of those teenagers in the in the general population will accept some of that right. contact. But he wanted to hang on me, physically hang on me. Which is how I could tell that he was really feeling insecure about 90 the whole thing. Ninety-something percent of the time. He always had a hand on you, well, if it, not the entire arm or both arms. Yes. Like, he always had a hand on your sleeve, on your shoulder. He was always reaching out to be in contact And I, with I was trying really hard to understand his need, but I also was overdone from that. I'm not good at, you know, right. that much physical contact from somebody who just needs, you know, well, to keep... Well, and not only that, but, like, you're just not good at that much physical contact in general. Like, if I was holding and hanging on you all day, you'd get annoyed. Even though I don't need squat, I just like being near you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you'll be like, your hand is hot. And I'm like, I was just holding a cold drink, but you need my hand off of you right now. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. That's not a problem for me, but it was really a problem. Because I couldn't unglue him, and I didn't know what to do for him. I don't know if there was a way to explain it that he would have been able to understand without feeling rejected. And he felt rejected the 3% of the time that I just needed an effing break from it. Yeah. You know? And I don't know if there's a way to explain that to him that I don't dislike you, but I don't like being touched by anyone or anything right now. I don't know if that was he something can't, he could have He can't have understand grasped. that. He, he, he'll take it personal. That was very hard for him and I. Whew. Mm-hmm. Boy, am I glad to be home. Right? Yes. See, here he has structure. He has routine. He feels more secure and stable, so he doesn't need to be hanging on you all the time. Right. Here he feels, what is it that you always talk about? What is a circle of security or something like that? Yes. Where like in this situation, I feel attached. So I'm okay with walking away from it because I know when I come back to it, it'll still be there. Right. At that situation, it was too unfamiliar and too overwhelming. And so he was feeling super insecure. And I think that's why he needed to retreat into swimming and YouTube because swimming, he always feels good about. Mm -hmm. That's something he's very good at. Something he's quite capable at, something where he's, you know, enjoying himself. He's not having to support his own body weight. He's. He can move his body around as much as he wants. Yes. And it's fine. He's expected to move his body around a lot. Otherwise, you don't stay up. Correct. <laughs> So, yeah, that, that I think was, was his challenge. He, he couldn't find his way anywhere. I had to take him to the bathroom every time. And I did make him go by himself right before we left. We were in the store trying to pick up the gift that the children had selected to bring back for Zero Child. We're in the store and he had been snapping at me all morning, ugly snapping at me. And uh, he snapped at me. All of a sudden he needed to pee. And, you know, you don't know how much of an emergency it is because usually it is. So yeah. I said, that's fine. Go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. 
And he looked at me like, what? I'm, you're not taking me there? And I said, no, you can do it yourself. And he said, well, I don't know where it is. And I said, well, when you get to the exit, because COVID, so there's an in and an out, and that's it for the store. Right. You ask the person at the end, who's keeping people from coming in the exit, mm-hmm. ask the person at the exit where the bathroom is. Make sure you understand which direction to go and go there. And I thought, and if he pees himself, then we'll change him. Yeah. Because, because I needed him to get some competence at that point at and that quit point. snapping at me. Yes. And I think that might have been the other part was like he and I kept trying to to point this out when he wasn't around, but I just couldn't come to the point of like what to do about it. And that's why I kept turning it around in my head. And I kept mentioning it to you that like he feels incompetent. He is being smacked in the face right now with having 14-year-old desires and seven-year-old competencies. And he feels insecure about all of it. He needs to find some competency in something, but there was nothing for us to find for him to feel competent about. And I didn't even realize that until midway through the third day when he was already holed up in the room. Well, that's not something that's easy to figure out. No. So in any case, like I said, I needed him to do it himself and realize that he can do some things himself. And also I needed to not do it for him because I was really done with it at that moment. Yeah. With his snapping at me. And, I think um, a lot of the time you end up doing things for him because it's easier. And sort of like you've pointed out that I let number three do a lot of things that I probably wouldn't let other children do because I want them to have that independence, but also because I'm kind of a pushover with them. Yes. Thank you for admitting that. <laughs> I think that for you in the opposite direction, you just take over and do things because you know it'll get done and it'll get done easier and it'll get done right. And I think that sometimes that leads to him feeling a little more dependent on you than he might need to. I don't see that because when I did his packing, I did it because I know he won't bring underwear or something. Mm Mm-hmm. But I made him look at everything with me and say, do these underwear fit? Are these the socks you will wear? Which pants of these do you want? Which shirts of these do you want? I made him go through all of it with me. But when it comes to him standing there and saying, I have to pee, I know he's going to pee himself. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I usually end up running off to take him to a bathroom. Right. Because not surprisingly, the person who doesn't know when they need to pee also can't find the bathroom. Yeah. Okay. So that's mostly where I ended up doing things like that for him, like running off to find a bathroom. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it's been for the last 14 and a half years. Yes. You know, and I don't mean like that you should just let him pee himself or that you should just let him get lost looking for a bathroom. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if there's a way to like get close enough and say it's over there and then let him go the remaining 20 feet. On his own. Oh, I do. When when we get closer, I do that. But I probably could say to him, and what would you like to do about that? Because we have started doing that with some other things with him. Uh When they, when our kids present us a problem, we, we ask them to then present a solution as well. Yes. And I could say, do you want me to walk you there? Do you want me to help you get directions there? Do you want provide options? Which one, what do you want me to help you with? Right. And at that moment, at at that last point, um, asking him, he would have just snapped at you. Well, go to the bathroom, of course. What do you think I want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, like he wouldn't be yeah. able to walk through it with me. So I told him to go do it. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I think that was good. I think it, I think it was, but I think there were other points where we would have lost him, which is exactly what happened when I went back up to get my phone. Mm-hmm. I thought he went with you. He said he was going to wait for you. I assume he didn't tell me that, right? And I should have told you that because I should have realized that he would not have been actually waiting for you. He was just sitting there looking at his phone, where you would possibly be going past him. <laughs> I wasn't because those benches were behind the door and not in the direction that you come out and go in. And he never said he was going to be there waiting for me. I said, I will meet all of you. I'll catch up with you and meet you over there. Right. And so I come back out with my phone. I get all the way over to you guys and he's not there. And I said, where is he? And you say, oh, he's waiting for you. I'm ready to pull my hair out. I know. Because now so I've got to go. I call him and I say, where are you? And he says, I'm waiting for you. Where are you waiting for me? In front of the hotel. Why did you not go with everybody? I was waiting for you. You didn't tell me you're waiting for me. This is the problem that you and I have all the time. I'm waiting for you. You're waiting for me. Neither of us tells the other that we're waiting for the other. And so we both just sit around waiting. (laughs) Yes. And so I should have said at that point, when he said, I'm waiting for dad, I should have either texted you. You were dealing with number three, child. You had number three, we were trying to go. And so I just had to go back for him. I, I He was able to go to the corner and cross the street at the light and then wait there. Mm-hmm. And then I had to go back to the same spot. And the, late, the two women at the gate were looking at me like, you again? And I said, I had to go back for home alone. <laughs> Which he found very amusing. He loved that. He thought that was hilarious. That was great. And I needed some humor. So there yes. we go. So was there anything gendery about our trip? You know, what was gendery was we were the invisible queers. We totally were. In a couple of days, I was wearing bright rainbowy things. Like I have a pair of rain. I have two pairs of rainbow glasses, but I only wore one on this trip. I bought a rainbow Mickey Mouse face mask. Mm-hmm. I had a queer hair bow one day. But even so... We just look like mom and dad and the teenagers. Yeah. On the, on the last night, because I had to wear long sleeves during the day because of my... Because of your arm rash that you've been having and we're not still sure if you're having a reaction to sunlight or spores or what. It just, we're just protecting I have to you keep, from everything. If I don't keep my arms covered, they start itching again. So at night, without the sun and everything, I was able to wear short sleeves. So... When we come back in the late afternoon, I would change out of one sweaty shirt and put on a short sleeve shirt for the evening. And I had my very colorful shirt that you got us a few years ago. We both have this shirt. We both have the JCRT pride plaid shirt. The, the nice queer man at the bar where I picked up our drinks that night was very excited. He had he wasn't bringing me the drinks, but he had to come across to that side. He was one of the bartenders and say, I love that shirt. Where did you get that shirt? <laughs> And I said, I have no idea, but here's the tag. <laughs> and he was very pleased. That's great. So that was nice. That and is I totally was not great. invisible in that moment. That's good. I'm glad. Yeah. So I. Because other, like being the invisible queers, standing around and being, you know, in line with a bunch of other queers. They don't know. We just look like the straight people. There to were them. other queers, and I kind of miss that. Like, there's this thing that happens when you see the other queers in the wild, and I've seen this also with other and heard it talked about with other minority groups, where you kind of make eye contact and there's kind of a head nod, like "I see you, I got you." If some shit happens, right? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and. When we're there looking like that, I'm looking around and I start to make eye contact like that. And then I'm like, hmm, 
How's that going to look right now? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was weird. That part is weird. Oh, and the rest of it wasn't. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> but thinking of matching shirts made me laugh. There were a lot of groups that were there that were all wearing matching shirts. And then I see this guy says, I don't do matching shirts. And I was thinking that when we do this again in four or five years, we should each get shirts that say, I don't do matching shirts, but each in a different style. Mm-hmm. So like a color, yeah, or a different design, but right. they all say, I don't do matching shirts. That seems appropriate. Doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> we all match, but we don't really match. Yeah. So is there anything else about that or? We made it home. Hallelujah. That's right. So I think that's it. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! Alright? Yes. Okay. (laughs) That's why I was shaking my head, yes. But that doesn't give me a mic check when you shake your head, yes. But you didn't say mic check. You just said, am I all right? Usually if you want a mic check, you say, tell me what you had for breakfast today. Well, normally I'll just say something like, okay, and you'll say like, okay, or how's it going? You'll be like, I think we're good, or some sort of verbal check-in is enough for a mic check, but apparently we need to work on that. Put it on the list. So if we ever get to it. Things that we need to work on. All right. Just got something outside going. You hear it? I don't know. Okay. And even if I did, it wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't be able to stop it with my knowledge. Well. <laughs> if only we could stop some of the nonsense with our knowledge. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. Ha, 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 ha.